You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. Welcome to Garden City, a church where you can belong before you believe. We're so glad you're here. And I want to welcome you uh, for our series called Garden City. And this series is all about helping all of us grow spiritually. And last week, we looked at this larger narrative that we see in Scripture uh, that helps us understand like what our purpose is as humans and help us understand where everything's heading. And it, we kind of broke it down into these three things. The garden was blessed. God created this beautiful garden. God created the, the heavens, the earth, and everything was good, beautiful, and true. And humans were given the responsibility of caring for or stewarding this garden. Now, the next part of the story was that the, the garden was broken. The garden broken was all about humans deciding to kind of go their own way. And that put a, a fracture between them and the relationship with God and, and each other. And brokenness entered the world. But despite this, this brokenness, the third part of this story is the garden becomes a new garden city. The new garden city is God's work in redeeming and making things new. Now, I want to look at these three areas from the perspective of human vocation or our, pur- our purpose as humans. Humans were designed to steward and tend and care for the garden. And so that means that we're taking care of the soil. Now, as humans, like our, our uh, calling to care for the earth, care for the, the actual soil and tend it, like tend the garden is so important. I want to look at a few elements of this within that framework of the garden blessed, garden broken, and then garden becoming a garden city. Um, here in Genesis, it, it says about, about the soil, about the earth. God said, let the earth grow plant life, plants yielding seeds and fruit trees, bearing fruit and seeds inside it, each according to its own kind throughout the earth. And that's what happened. The earth produced plant life, uh, plants yielding seeds, each according to its kind, and trees bearing fruit and seeds inside it, each according to its kind. And God saw, saw how good it was. And I just love that. That's within the context of the garden blessed. This is what God created. And uh, th- this idea of life springing up, creative, generative life happening in, uh, in this lush, beautiful garden. I just love that. But then the next part of the story, the garden broken, look what happens with the earth and the soil. It goes on to say about the soil that it became cursed. Cursed is the ground because of you. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. You see this beautiful garden. Everything's great and, and beautiful with God. And then when brokenness comes in, there's this, there's this new challenge. Uh, the ground becomes cursed. The brokenness kind of like seeps into the ground and, and work's going to be harder. It's going to be different. And, uh, and boy, do I know what those thorns and thistles and weeds are, are like. I mean, that's a reality. When my wife, Sarah, and I um, had, a, I think it was our first home, we inherited like these flower beds. And as we were looking into these, in these flower beds, uh, there were so many weeds. There was no flowers. 
And so Sarah's like, hey, could you get started on, on the flower bed? I'll come out and help you in a bit, but could you just get the, the weeds in this small bed taken care of? So I got, you know, like all the implements. I had like this little hacker, the hoe, all this stuff to, to get the weeds out. So I started going to work and I was working for probably like half an hour, 45 minutes. And Sarah came out and she was like, all right, you ready to get going on the next, on the next flower bed? And I just looked up at her and there was like a foot. It was just like a square foot foot of weeds that had been moved. Everything else was still there. I had made so little progress. It was terrible. Uh, we live in a world with with thistles and thorns and weeds, and it's hard work to keep those those garden beds tended well. God is is turning this garden that has been broken into a new garden city, meaning that like there's this merging of like the organic and beautiful things like a garden, but also the city, that there's this organized and organic that are coming together. And when God makes all things new, we're going to be a part of this garden city where there's the flourishing of the natural world and then also the world that's being generated and created through humanity is going to be growing up and merging together. And I just think that's a beautiful picture. In the biblical picture picture that we see from John, we, we, we come to a point where we see in the future, he helps us see like this renewed city, this renewed world. And in the middle of the city, there's this river flowing through the garden city. And it goes on to say in, in John's prophecy about this, on each side of the river is the tree of life, which produces 12 crops of fruit bearing its fruit in each month. The tree's leaves are for the healing of the nations. I just love that. There will no longer be any curse. The curse is gone from Genesis. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. So the curse is removed, and there's this new sense of health and vitality and wholeness and flourishing. And so humans were designed to care for the garden, even when the garden was broken, and, t- and toward the new garden city and through the garden city. Now we're in the, me- the messy middle between brokenness and full restoration, but we're still to be working in the midst of the thorns and thistles to cultivate the garden with God toward the garden city. It's not easy work. Weeds and thistles abound. There are problems, challenges, ugly behaviors within us and in the world that we have to navigate. But the spirit of Christ is at work creating and generating newness and healing. But our work isn't going to be easy all the time. Uh, I remember Sarah at one point seeing a bunch of weeds like in our green grass in the yard and just being like, I'm tired of those dandelions. So she went and got this like this garden tool and it has like these claws and they're kind of twisted. And and the way you use it is just by slashing, just smashing into the weeds and you pull them out. It somehow like grips them and pulls them out. And I just remember looking out there, my wife was swinging this like a battle ax. She was just going to town, getting those weeds out and then, and then putting new seeds to kind of take their place place and trying to like grow the weeds out. And then if they were getting, if they were really kind of stuck in there, she'd go at them with this battle axe. She was contending with the weeds and replacing them with seeds. And I think some of the work as gardeners of the world that we live in is, is, is a bit of that. Like, how do we see goodness in the world? And sometimes like, how do we learn to pull some of the weeds that need to be pulled out? Well, Jesus teaches us how to tend the garden. Jesus is really at the center of this story, and he's teaching us how to join God in uh, the renewal of all things, how to work toward the garden city. I want to look at a passage where we can listen to the voice of the the true gardener, and we can listen to Jesus' voice um, on how to be stewards and caretakers of the garden. 
Here in this um, particular parable, this is a particularly important teaching Jesus gave his disciples about learning how to distinguish good soil from bad soil, how to cultivate good soil. Starting in verse 3, he, Jesus, said many things to them in parables. Farmer went out to scatter his seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path and birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where the soil was shallow and they sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it scorched the plants and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and bore fruit. In one case, a yield of 100 to 1. In another case, a yield of 60 to 1. In another case, a yield of 30 to 1. Everyone who has ears should pay attention. I love this story for a few different reasons, but one, it's in the context of a broken world. Jesus is coming into the middle of this broken garden, uh, this garden with thistles and thorns and soil that's not so good. But he teaches us, look, there is good soil to be cultivated. I also love this story because it, it, it helps us see a picture of reality that we, we live in a mixture of soils. There's good soil, there's bad soil in the garden. And, um, and he's trying to help us learn how do, we, how do we cultivate it. So the first layer of meaning that I want us to focus on here is putting ourselves in the shoes of a new disciple or someone who's not yet a disciple hearing this parable. In Jesus' day, there are people who are coming to explore and discover who he really was and what he was about. And so they'd listen to his teachings. And I think that's th- that's true today, just as much as it was then. And, and there's also people who believed, uh, you know, to d- different degrees and different levels. Some people really were, you know, trusted Jesus. Some people were kind of on the fence about him. But wherever we're at in the spectrum, whatever kind of soil we might be, the first layer is listening through the ears of, of, of a potential disciple. So, when we hear this parable, we, we're, I think the first question is, well, what kind of soil am I? And the way we can tell what kind of soil we are based on Jesus' parable, what kind of growth, what kind of harvest is coming from the soil? Are we growing thorns and thistles? Are we growing a, a harvest that just blows away? Or are we yielding a really great fruitful harvest? The type of soil you are or the type of soil, soil you have in your life is revealed by what grows and what doesn't grow. What's healthy from what's unhealthy? Is there fruit or a lack of fruit? What lasts and what doesn't last? This is the first layer of questions for any disciple approaching this parable for the first time. What kind of soil am I? Is the soil in my life receptive? Is it willing to receive the seeds that that God is giving or is it resistant? Now, I believe all of us have at least seven gardens to cultivate in our life. Now, each garden of our life is an ecosystem where God is at work, where seeds and fruit are growing amongst the weeds. And as stewards of each garden, how do we learn to work with Jesus to cultivate the gardens of our life? So here are the seven gardens of our life. The first one I would say is our personal garden, like your mental, emotional, physical, financial health and character. It's your personal garden. There's the garden of the parish. Um, This is your church friends and family. Your garden of people. This is your friends and family, the ones who are really close to you. And then we have a, everybody has a garden of place. That's like their neighbors and community. Another key garden is the garden of our profession 
our work or education that's, you know, leading us toward our, our vocation, our profession. E- even if you're retired, all of us have gained skills for a calling. And, um, and profession is a really important garden for us to, to cultivate. Another garden that most of us have is what I would call peace work. This is an, a ministry or area that we're passionate about in the area of compassion, justice, or peace. And the last garden is the garden of play. And that would be about rest and party. And really, when you look at the scriptures, there's this idea of being able to like have a rhythm between work and play or work and rest and making sure to celebrate, making sure to party. And I I just think those are this is a really important garden to cultivate in our life. We believe God is at work in every garden of our life. God's not just limited to the ones that we think are most spiritual, like our church family or my personal life, like those are spiritual, but then all the other areas, you know, our profession and our play, those are off limits to God. No, God's at work there. Can we see what God is doing in each garden? How healthy is the soil in each garden? So let me just give, um, you know, some biblical basis in the New Testament for, you know, these gardens in our life. So here's the garden of our, our personal life, our, our health. Um, I just think it's really important that we remember that the great commandment starts off saying, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your being, all your mind. Understanding of the human person is so much more holistic than sometimes we realize. And God cares about our our personal life, our health and our emotional health, our, our relational health, all that stuff. And uh, Jesus even said this. He said, I came that they could have life indeed so they could live life to the fullest. You know, God wants us to have um, that garden of our life healthy and moving toward health, the garden of our parish. This is really important with our church friends and family. This verse is such a great reminder of how important our church family is. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers, our church family. So we're to serve and love, and that, that's an important garden to cultivate. The, the garden of our people, our friends and family, uh, we see just how important that is all over the place. Uh, but I love this passage in John too. It's, it says this, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. Jesus at this party, it's where he does his first miracle. But th- this is family, this, this is friends, this is like close community. And he's been invited, he brings his disciples, his mom's there, he's probably got other relatives there. And that's just an important garden to cultivate. God cares about that. God's at work there. And now the garden of our place, like our neighbors and our community, this is huge. I love this. It's such a great reminder in John 1, 14. The word, Jesus, became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God cares about our community, about our neighborhood. In fact, that's like essential to the gospel. God entered into our world in flesh and blood, moved into the neighborhood. Also, Matthew twenty two thirty nine. you must love your neighbor as yourself. God loves his neighbors. He loves us even when we didn't love him. And we're to be like our heavenly father and love our community around us. The garden of our profession is, is one that often gets overlooked in faith. And, but this is so important. This is our work and education world. Did you know about one third of your life will be spent at work? The average person will spend about 90,000 hours at work over their lifetime. Think about that. If our faith doesn't extend into 
our work world. That's like a third of our life. That's crazy. Like God designed us for work. We're stewards. We we have vision and we find purpose in our work. And when we don't, life is not good. I, I just think it's so important that we cultivate this. Uh, listen to this verse in Colossians. Whatever you are doing, work at it with enthusiasm as to the Lord and not just for people. So remember, even in our work, even if we're doing things that might seem mundane in our profession or work world, God wants us to have passion and enthusiasm and to find ways to, to really see that we're doing this for the Lord, not just for people. Now, the garden of our peace work, our compassion, justice, peace, or mercy ministry, this is so important. In some strong language, Jesus reminds us that the heart of God is all about mercy, justice, and peace. Jesus says this in Matthew 23, 23, speaking to the Pharisees, hypocrites, you give to God a tenth of mint, dill, cumin, but you forget about the more important matters of the law, justice, peace, and faith. In some uh, translations, it says mercy. God cares about those who are in brokenness and need his help. Again, Matthew 22, 39 reminds us God's heart. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. Intending that garden of you know, peace ministry is just so, so important. Not all of us will have the same passion or, you know, for a certain ministry of peace and justice, but we're all supposed to participate in this and, and, and care about it and work for God's glory and neighbor's good. The last garden here is the garden of play, rest, and party. I love the emphasis we see in Jesus' ministry for this concept of rest and play and rejuvenation. It's just, it's written into us as humans and we I think we resist it in our workaholic world. I know it's hard for me, but listen to some of these verses. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, says Jesus, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Like God wants us to have rest for our souls. Another great remind, reminder about rest is this in Mark 1, early in the morning, well before sunrise, Jesus rose and went to a deserted place where he could be alone in prayer. Now, it's interesting because he woke up early, so it's like he's getting less sleep, but he knows that he needs to spend time with his heavenly father and in prayer. So there's this, this energy, this life, this source of life that he gets um, in resting in his relationship with the father. I just think that's amazing. Uh, as far as celebration and party, like, and realizing that, that, even in the Old Testament, there's these rhythms of celebrations, like national celebrations they would have as a people. Um, we see Jesus practicing this and encouraging this. Here in uh, the famous story of the prodigal son, Jesus reminds us God's heart to celebrate goodness. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. So we see here, not a vegan approach, but a very much barbecuer's approach. We must celebrate with feasting. Because the son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. They began to party. You look at Jesus' life. Jesus was at a wedding party. He was uh, self-invited to parties like Zacchaeus. He said, I'm going to your house today. We're, we're barbecuing at your place. He barbecued with his friends by the lake after his resurrection. He, he spent time with sinners and he had a real theology of party and celebration. And I think rest and party and recreation all fit into this garden of play. And that's important. So I want to invite you to join us for this 21 days of spiritual growth. If you'd like a devotional, 
just email us and we'll send you one. This, in this 21-week spiritual growth journey, we'll have a daily time of reflection and prayer. Each day we'll focus on a different garden of your life. And you'll be able to ask different questions each week to help you identify what Jesus is doing in each garden and help you to join him in what he's doing. I really want to encourage you. Let's learn together how to cultivate the gardens of our life to co-create with Jesus toward a garden city. Our hope is that you would grow spiritually with God and each other in, a, in the gardens of your life and that you would bloom right where you're planted. Guys, I love you so much. If this has been helpful and you have some friends that you think would benefit from it, share this with them and uh, get one of those devotionals and let's grow together. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.